don't know what God is speaking to you about at the moment. But for me, there's two things that actually keep coming back. And one is actually the absolutely necessity to lean on him and to depend on him for everything. That's my first thing that God has been talking to me a lot about. And another thing is kind of a deep longing to understand Jesus' glorious purpose. I'm thinking, I'm scratching the surface. Why is Jesus' glorious purpose? There's something that really is on my heart about that. So it's quite humbling because those are prayer that recognize that God is everything and I'm not much really, literally. And my prayer at the moment is often, Holy Spirit, come. I just need you, Holy Spirit, show me, show me. And the reason I'm telling you about this is actually, interestingly enough, these two themes are in the chapter or the passage I have chosen to look at today. So we're looking at uh, Paul's prayer, and I've chosen Ephesians 1, uh, verse 17 to 23. Um, and then I'm going to point out to you the, the, the three uh, main passages as I'm reading it to you. So I think... Katrina, I think I'm on the freeze, so if you could unfree. Ah. Okay, so you just need to click play at the top of my presentation. Because basically, and then, okay, that's fine, thank you so much. So, um, so let's read this passage together, because it's quite, uh, it's not that easy, but um, you're going to see. It's so profound and so incredibly powerful. So first verse, I keep, so that's Paul's praying, I keep asking that God of, uh, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation so that you may know him better. This is actually the main prayer here. This is the main prayer. Okay, so Paul is praying that Father will give us a spirit of wisdom and revelation so we will know him better. And then he goes on elaborating why he's praying this and what will he do in our hearts. So I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that, so it's repeating that you've received wisdom and uh, revelation. So I'm praying that in order that, one, you may know the hope to which he has called you. Two, the riches of his glorious inheritance in his holy people. Three, his incomparably great powers for us who believe. Those are the three things. And then he, he goes on describing this power. That power is the same as the mighty strength he exerted when he raised Christ from the dead and seated him as his right hand in the heavenly realms. Far above all rule, authority, power and dominion and every name that is invoked, not only in the present age, but also in the one to come. And then we arrive at the destination of this passage. Here is the why of the prayer. And God placed all things under his feet and appointed him to be head over everything for the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills everything in every way. Mm -hmm. 
What a prayer, right? What a prayer. So let me just try to unpack that, and I hope I do it justice. The first thing, the fundamental prayer here for us is the first aspect here. Here it is. The fundamental prayer is there in blue on my ground. Okay? Is praying, Father, give us the spirit of wisdom and revelation so that we may know you better. I am thrilled that Liam gave the word he gave this morning about the dance with God. Because the goal in everything is intimacy with God. You know, a deep connection with him so that we will know God's heart, but also the plan that he has prepared for us. That's the goal. The goal is intimacy. So I look at many translations of this passage, and some translations say, Father, give us a spirit of wisdom. But it, it's not really great, because Paul here is not asking for more human wisdom or understanding in our own strength. He's not saying, Father, give them wisdom in their character because sometimes they're a little bit silly, or give them the intellectual ability to understand so they would be able to work things out. Not at all. That's not what he's praying here when he says wisdom and revelation. Actually, translating a spirit of wisdom does not make sense here. It's confusing. Because when it says, Father, give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation here, it has to be about the gift of the Holy Spirit himself working in us and give us a deeper understanding in God. Okay? So where are we saying, give the spirit of wisdom and revelation? We're talking about a work, a deep work of the Holy Spirit there. And why do we know that? It's because when we look at the Greek translation uh, for wisdom here, it's not a special, uh, it's not um, a, a human kind of wisdom we're talking about, but it's actually a special insight. And the same, when we look at the type of, of revelation Paul is referring here, it's talking here about something that has been veiled or hidden to us for a long time, that suddenly the veil is lifted up and it becomes clear and visible to the mind of the eyes. That's the type of revelation we're talking about here. So the best verse that really helps us to understand what's going on here is 1 Corinthians 2, verse 9 to 10. And you will know this passage very well. It says, No eyes are seen, no ear has heard, no heart has imagined, so that's all human stuff, right? No heart has imagined what God has prepared for those who love him. Next verse. But God has revealed it to us by the Spirit. The Spirit search all things, even the deep things of God. Because no one knows the thought of God except the Spirit of God. So these completely help us to understand this. Here, we can't work it out by himself. We can't have more wisdom and revelation by ourselves in our human strength. It is a gift from God, a gift of the Holy Spirit himself. Okay? And here Paul is asking, Father, give them this gift so they would know you better. 
they would know you better. So the fundamental prayer here is a call upon the Holy Spirit to reveal God's character and perfect will. A call for us to be intimate with our God. Okay? Martin Lord John said, our supreme need is to know God. It does not mean to know of him or to know about him or to have heard about him or to have heard a good preach about him or to have read about him or to have read a scientific research about him. It doesn't mean anything like that. It means to know him well, personally, personally, intimately, as we're doing life with him, we know him well. It should be in the bullseyes of a relationship, at the core of our relationship, the, the, the one person closest to us. So it means to know him deeply. That means we know what he likes, what he doesn't like, what kind of friends he is. What are his dreams? We know him deeply. It means to know, God, to know God truly. That means we know what he thinks, what are his plans, that kind of thing. So obviously we need the supernatural activity of the Holy Spirit for this. Because we are completely limited and God is illimited. So can you imagine, how can we even start to understand who God is. We've got to have the Holy Spirit to show us the deep thoughts of God. And the amazing thing about him is that the Holy Spirit can reveal far beyond our human comprehension. So this deafening is like unending on ending, on ending, forever, forever we can grow in our knowledge of God by the Holy Spirit who gives wisdom and revelation. So forever we're in this journey to know him better, to really have this deeper relationship with him. Now, verse 18 to 21, extend uh, or expand this fundamental prayer and show us what it will do to our hearts if we receive this spirit of wisdom and revelation. So Paul prays that the eyes of our heart may be enlightened in order to see three things. Okay? And actually, what will happen is when we get to know him, we start to be confident in our identity. What will happen is when we start to know him and we know God, on the, we, we get more revelation about God, we know about him, who he is, and that will strengthen our identity as a child of God. There's a link between the intimacy and our identity. The more we know him, the more we understand what is the hope attached to his call, his inheritance, his power. Yeah? So first, what's going to happen is we are going to understand the hope attached to his call. This started salvation, okay? Uh, it's got to do with the fact that we believe we are saved and we have this hope of eternal life. We believe that we are citizens of heaven and just passing on earth. It shifts our whole focus when we are doing life here. 
we, we know we do not belong to, to the kingdom of darkness, but we belong to the, to the kingdom of light. We know we have this confidence, this expectation that when we trust God, we will never be put to shame. Okay? All of this is the hope attached to his call. It starts as salvation. It goes deep in our heart. And we learn to lean on him and trust his promises. And we grow in the hope attached to his call. The other thing is we learn, we get strong in our identity and we get to know who we are. So we learn the riches of his glorious inheritance because we have his children. We are the holy people, it says in the back the passage that means the people set apart for him and you know it's all part of being adopted in his family and being royalty really we start to know oh, yeah do you know what god is my dad god is my dad there are privilege attached to that i know i'm set apart from him and but there are so many privilege in being set apart from him there are so many benefits attached to this because, you know what? I've got authority. I've got authority in, in my standing with God. Okay? So that's discovering our inheritance, what's attached to uh, our call, really. And then we get to know is incomparable power for us who believe. Not any kind of power, notice, is the same power that raised Jesus from the dead and set him at the right hand of God above all things. That's the same power. We get to know that same power for us who believe. So that means two things. That means, first of all, it will, we know that it will finish the work in us because his power is in us. It will finish the work in us. Because in the same way that he resurrected Jesus from the dead and seated him at the right hand of uh, his father, he's doing that work in us. He's resurrected us from the dead and he's renewing us and he's giving us all the authority we have amended to send them Jesus. Can you see that? So the second thing is actually it carries on. If you read uh, the, the rest of Ephesians, it will say, Ephesians 2 verse 6, that God raised us up with Christ and seated us with him in the heavenly realms in Christ Jesus in order that he might display the surpassing of his grace. So this power is at work in us and this power is for us too, for those who believe. For those who believe, we have authority as well in the same standing that Jesus you see, that's really interesting that they, they just had for those who believe. For those who believe. It's when our beliefs will line up with our true identity that we will become people that join in the action, that, that we will become partakers. It's only when we start to believe in this amazing power and we know who we are in our identity Hallelujah. that we start to see an impact. We start to be partakers with Jesus. I mean, Parteka, I love this name. I mean, I was tempted to, to do another little study on Partekas in the Bible, all right? Because, and, and here it is for you, like, in one minute. But the Bible says we are Partekas of the divine nature of Christ. Yeah. Boom! I mean, what about that? Uh, the Bible says we are Partekas of Christ. 
Okay, I could, I could give you all the verses if you want. It says as well that we are particles of his inheritance in Colossian. It says we are particles of the Holy Spirit in Hebrew. It says we are particles of his holiness. Very important one. And it says as well that we are particles of his suffering. Let's not forget him that. So sometimes we will be called to suffer because we are part of this plan of making God glorious, making Jesus glorious. We are partakers if we believe. We are partakers when our beliefs line up with our true identity. We become people that join in the action. We are partakers, which bring us to the last bit of the prayer. You see, the whole purpose for God, for Paul to pray this prayer is the why. He knows the vision. He knows the ultimate goal is that Christ is glorified and that Christ fills everything in every way. That's the goal. The supremacy of Christ on earth and in heaven, ruling over everything, filling everything everywhere. That is the goal of this prayer. So there's a big clue here in this little verse, the end verse, on how God is planning to do that. First, he has established Jesus to rule over everything and he appointed Jesus at the head of the church. Then he's telling us, do you know what? The church, the community of <coughs> believers, not just us, the church, okay? All the believers, we are the body of Christ. Okay, and then he's telling us it's the fullness of Jesus that will fill all things everywhere. Okay, first of all, we know that Christ fills the church with every blessing. You could read that in Ephesians 4 verse 10, in John 1 verse 16. It says that as we are connected to Jesus, the head, Christ will fill the church with every blessing, right? But then it says the fullness of Christ will fill everything everywhere. And actually it implies here the fullness of Christ is the head and the body together, okay? We the church are partakers, we are representing Jesus on the mission. We are being his hand and his feet. So we are part of God's plan to fill the earth yes. with his glory. So, Christ does, does really not need the church to be made complete. You agree with that? He doesn't really need us. He could do everything by himself. But somehow, God chose us to manifest his power and his glory through us so that the full expression of Christ is manifested through us, the church. Isn't he incredible? Amen. Do you get that? Amen. Do you get that? So when he says the fullness of him will fill everything on earth, it's not that we're just going to sit down, relax, and say, Jesus, do your thing. <laughs> You're powerful, I believe that. No, he's saying the full expression of Christ is only when head and body works together. 
and manifest the, the glorious power of Jesus. So here is why we're having this prayer. Jesus, we, know, we need to know God better. We need to know the purpose. Right? The end goal is to have Jesus glorified in all the earth and to feel the earth and the heaven with his glory. That's why in the first place it's crucial that we get to know him, that we receive that revelation, that we receive the Holy Spirit. When we start to know him, we find our identity. And when we find our identity, we get hope, we know our inheritance, and we know that mighty power. And then we become particles. We are particles. For we are ready for the action here at the end. Can you see it? Can you see it? So, how to finish a preach like that? <laughs> I mean, you know, we can't make it ha that happen. That's why in the first place Paul say, Father, give them the spirit of wisdom and revelation so what i propose we land on is that we make a prayer declaration together okay if it's your heart to know it better would you pray this prayer with me <coughs> oops katrina i'm sorry i've lost my prayer is it possible you put it back for me yes please thank you so much katrina all right, this kind of a declaration prayer. Is that okay? Would you like to stand up? Does it help you to stand up? Wow. Let's just read it really kind of slowly and try to really think about the words that we, we are saying. Okay, let's go. We are part of the body of Christ. He has filled us with every spiritual blessing. We are now partakers in Christ's mission to fill the earth with his glory. Let's think about that. Just pause a little bit. You can reread it. You can just talk to God. Whatever. Whoa. This is big, Lord. Thank you. Thank you. You filled us with every spiritual blessing, Jesus. Thank you that you choose to work through us. Whoa. You are so amazing, Lord. Wow. Wow, Jesus. All right, let's ask for the rest. Father, we want to know you better. We want to know how good, how powerful, how faithful you are. We want to bask in your great love for us. Let us be so close that we will know your plans and your perfect will. Let's So close. We want to be so close. So close. 
They want to be so close. So close. Thank you that you have given us your spirit. Thank you for revealing to our hearts our glorious inheritance. Thank you that you are the hope giver and that you will finish every good work in us by your resurrection power which is at work in us. We ask for more of you, Holy Spirit, that we would know you better. Amen. Amen. Yes, we ask you, Father, for the gift of the spirit of wisdom and revelation. Whoa. Reveal to our heart. Enlighten the heart, the eyes of our heart. So we will know, we will know, we will know, we will know the hope attached to your call, the riches of your inheritance, and this great power at work in us for those who believe, Lord. Father, shout out of the 